Hi, my name is Ben Witkowski, and welcome to the Universal Language of Music podcast. Today's episode will be an audiobook reading of Episode 2, The History of Music Part 1, Indigenous Australia, Mesopotamia, and Egypt. Episode 2, The History of Music Part 1, Indigenous Australia, Mesopotamia, Egypt. The beginning. It's hard to know where to start when attempting to answer the question, what is the history of music? There are two subsets to this question. The first is working out and determining what music actually is. The other is determining how far to go back in time to discover the beginnings of music. There is a plethora of information and studies on how long music has been around for with some theories dating back beyond the age of humankind. Do the chirps and whistles of birds or the cackles of a pot of dolphins qualify as music? Would a Neanderthal's hum of a soothing tone to calm and relax its baby count as a song? To analyse these questions, we would need to go down a seemingly never-ending rabbit hole to investigate and study what music even is. For as the title of this series is called The Universal Language of Music, The main investigation taking place here is the relationship between music and culture. In that case, I am not here to answer the question of what music is. I'm not here to debate whether birds, dolphins or Neanderthals could adapt their pitch and timbre to convey emotion. Instead, I'm looking at evidence and examples of how humanity, as we best know it, has used music as a cultural avenue. So there is no better place to start than with the oldest and longest continually living civilization in the world, the Indigenous Australians. Indigenous Australia. There have been recent discoveries of physical evidence that prove Indigenous Australians have lived and inhabited Australia for at least 68,000 years. For at least 68,000 years, Indigenous Australians have not just lived, but thrived in this incredible landscape. Before the arrival of non-Indigenous peoples to the land, it was estimated that there were over 500 Indigenous Australian groups, known as nations. Within these nations, there was an estimated 250 languages and over 600 dialects spoken. These nations still exist today. As well as their own languages, the Indigenous Australian nations have distinct beliefs, cultures and values. Whilst never acting as a united entity, these Indigenous nations share a key cultural principle, their connection to the land. The Anunu Nation in Central Australia are one such example of an incredible connection to land. The Anunu way of life is determined by an overriding system called Chukapa. Chukapa is the foundation of Anunu culture. It is the religious philosophy that links Anunu to the environment and their ancestors. It is their traditional law, stories, and their spirituality. Chukapa refers to the creation period when ancestral beings, known as Chukaricha, created the world and subsequently also created the religion, law, culture, and moral systems in which the Anunu still live by today. The Anunu believe that prior to the creation period of the Chukaricha, the world was featureless and no places existed on it. Chukaricha appeared in the form of people, plants and animals, and began to travel across the land. During their travels, 
Their journeys and activities were recorded and formed the rules, guidelines, teachings, and knowledge that became the Chukapa. Anunu land is full of meaning, mapped through the events of the Chukapa. Knowledge of the land and the behavior and distribution of plants and animals is based on Chukapa. The Anunu believe that their ancestors' spirits live on through the land today. Each Anunu is born as part of the land. When they're here, they take care of the land and their ancestors. When they die, their spirit becomes part of the land and lives on through the continuation of their culture and civilization. This identification and connection with the land all comes from Chukapa. This belief system carries both beautiful sentiment and incredible purity today. We are so lucky to be graced on this earth for however long we get, so we should treat the land with care and respect. Perhaps the most beautiful purity in Ananu culture is the way that the Chukapa has been and continues to be passed on from generation to generation. Chukapa stories are passed on through ceremonies known as Inma. These Inma use only song, dance and art to pass on and teach Chukapa to the younger generations. There is no written book of laws or religious doctrine that explains the Chukapa. It is all done through the visual and audible power of song, dance and art. In the case of Ananu, this has been happening for around 40,000 years. Indeed, in the history of Indigenous Australian civilization as we know it, this could have been happening from the time of our earliest physical evidence of their existence, at least 68,000 years. Step back for a second and take a moment to let that sink in. The most incredibly pure culture that has outlasted any other has a system where song, dance and art are the keys to its longevity, past, present and future. The full extent of the incredible Indigenous Australian culture will be explored in greater detail in future. But for now, it is the perfect opening into the history of music and culture. It is the first documented relationship between the preservation and representation of a culture through music. To be able to teach a culture for over 40,000 years through song is a true testament to both that culture itself and the power of music. In a book published in 1997 entitled How the Mind Works by Canadian-American scientist Steven Pinker, he makes claim that music is auditory cheesecake and useless. Pinker writes, quote, As far as biological cause and effect are concerned, music is useless. Compared with language, vision, social reasoning and physical know-how, Music could vanish from our species and the rest of our lifestyle would be virtually unchanged. End quote. To dismiss this rhetoric in the simplest manner, if music had vanished from the Ananu culture, their culture would no longer exist. Music has allowed the Ananu culture, law, social reasoning, language, knowledge, and values to continue to not just exist, but thrive in some of the harshest desert terrain on earth. Contrary to Pinker's views, in Ananu culture, music is the farthest thing from useless. It is their very essence of being. It is their identity, their past, present, future, their way of life, their culture. Mesopotamia. Music would have existed in other ancient civilizations concurrent to the indigenous Australians, but many of these civilizations do not exist anymore. 
and there is no real physical evidence of music's presence or relevance in them. Archaeologists have found primitive flutes made of bone and ivory that date back as far as 43,000 years ago, but there is no real evidence of who used them and what they were used for. The first real concrete piece of evidence that music was used in civilizations only really begins with the ancient power of Mesopotamia. The civilization of Mesopotamia existed between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers in modern-day Kuwait, Iraq, and Syria. Early civilizations and communities started to exist in this area in around 12,000 BC. And by around 4,000 BC, agricultural development was well underway in the region. This agricultural development allowed for more sophisticated civilizations to emerge. Mesopotamia is attributed to the birth of civilization as we know it. It revolutionized the stories of astronomy, law, agriculture, mathematics, the birth of the modern day city, and the invention of writing. At around 3000 BC, two empires emerged in Mesopotamia, the Assyrian Empire and the Babylonian Empire. The Babylonian Empire was based around what is regarded to be the first city in civilization, Babylon. At its peak, Babylon is estimated to have had 200,000 inhabitants. The Babylonian Empire helped us understand and categorize time through the creation of the base 60 system, developing the 60 second minute, the 60 minute hour, and the 360 degree circular angle. The Babylonians used this mathematical ideology to observe the night sky, dividing the 360 degree radial field of the sky into 12 areas of 30 radial degrees. They identified these 12 areas by using the most significant constellations in that radial field. This developed the concept of 12 months in a year. The constellations used were later adopted by the ancient Greek society and became the zodiac constellations that we are all familiar with today. By 3200 BC, the Babylonians created arguably their most important innovation, literacy. The Babylonians originally etched symbols onto wet clay to keep track of sales and taxes, but over time it developed into a sophisticated written language known as cuneiform. Cuneiform was so important to the progression of literacy in Mesopotamia that over 10 languages in the regions were adapted from it, including Akkadian, Babylonian, Sumerian, and Hurrian. It is even argued that the hieroglyphic style in ancient Egypt, as well as Phoenicia, the written language system that birthed both Greek and Roman written languages, can all be traced back to cuneiform in Mesopotamia. It was through the invention of cuneiform that shows the existence and importance of music in Mesopotamia. As the emergence of cities were built largely on the suitable provision of agricultural production from the rivers, this introduced the concept of specialised labour. People did no longer have to live a hunter-gatherer lifestyle and could develop new talents and skill sets. In the Babylonian Empire, people were employed as scribes and would spend their days writing in cuneiform, pretty much documenting anything and everything. The scribes mentioned music in many documents, the instruments used, how the instruments were made, and the importance of music in their civilization. As Mesopotamia consisted of many cities and regions over time, they lived with polytheistic ideologies. Each city had someone who was both the king and the priest, and they were the link between the people and the gods. Cuneiform scriptures from the time show that music was offered to the gods, 
and musicians were employed by the king priest to perform this service. Culturally, music's primary purpose was this offering to the deities in thanks for providing them with civilization. It did not serve as much of a cultural representation as it does today. In this society, musicians were mostly poor, employed by the king priest, and were at times used as a gift or peace offering to another kingdom. Music was more transactional than cultural in Mesopotamian civilization. As stated before, many languages birthed as an adaptation to cuneiform. One such example is the Hurrian language. The Hurrian language is extremely important in the history of music, as the oldest known song was written in Hurrian scripture. In the ancient city of Ugarit, now in modern-day Syria, a clay tablet was discovered from around 1300 BC, showing the earliest surviving piece of written music in history. Some 3,300 years old, the tablet also included specific instructions for how to play the song on a nine-stringed lyre, a type of small harp. The clay tablet is not in perfect condition, and a fair bit of the musical notation is missing. But researchers have managed to work out that the song also had lyrics. The song was called Hurrian Hymn to Nikal. Nikal was the goddess of orchards, whose name means great lady and fruitful. This song was an ode to her. The musical notation structure of Hurrian Hymn to Nikal does not follow modern day musical forms, so it has been largely difficult to truly decipher the way it is played. Paleomusicologists have studied the song and records of the piece have existed since the 1970s. It is pretty incredible to think that a piece of music written over 3,000 years ago still exists today. It doesn't mean that this was the beginning of notated music, but as the earliest physical evidence that we have, its importance on the journey of the history of music cannot be understated. Mesopotamia revolutionized the way in which civilizations were formed, managed, and operated. It changed the very primary evolution of humankind from pure hunter-gatherer to a community with specialized labor skill sets. It allowed for the development of the way we understand time, numbers, and letters. And all while this was happening, music was there, serving its purpose as the connection between the divine deity and the common man. Ancient Egypt. There were a few emerging civilizations at the time of Mesopotamia's rise. The most notable, powerful, and incredible was undoubtedly the civilization of ancient Egypt. The ancient Egyptians were well ahead of their time, and some of their innovations laid the foundation for the modern world. There is evidence that suggests humans began to settle along the almighty Nile River in around 6000 BC. However, the first of the famous three ancient Egyptian kingdoms, the Old Kingdom, was created at around 3150 BC. It was around this time that written records of ancient Egyptian civilization started to appear. In many similarities to the civilization of Mesopotamia, the Kingdom of Ancient Egypt had worked out how to sustain a resourceful agricultural industry through the Nile, and they had also built great security and defence systems around the kingdom. It was well documented in the time that life in ancient Egypt was enjoyed by all. All social classes lived good lives, and the kings, later to be known as pharaohs, placed high value on life's enjoyment. This meant that there was a strong focus in ancient Egyptian civilization on many cultural ideals, arts, festivals, literature, sports, 
and of course, music. The kings or pharaohs in ancient Egypt were the link between the people and the many gods that they worshipped. Again, in stark similarity to Mesopotamia, music was originally used as a gift to the gods. It was used to appease the gods and to show through song and dance the appreciation that the ancient Egyptians had for their gods. But in contrast to Mesopotamia, the ancient Egyptians went one step further with their use of music. The earliest written records of music in ancient Egypt started to appear in around 2400 BC. These records speak of an already blossoming and vibrant culture of music in ancient Egypt. Music was used for more than just a gift to the gods. It was something to be enjoyed by all classes. By the time of the New Kingdom of Egypt, circa 1570 to 1069 BC, music was so important to ancient Egyptian culture that it was said that every single occasion was marked through music. This is supported in drawings found on pyramids, where music is highly represented in a number of different social contexts. Indeed, tombs uncovered by archaeologists and scientists show that a number of people from varied social classes were buried with musical instruments. As far as the journey of music and culture goes, ancient Egypt was really the next real example of an innate connection between humans and music since the indigenous Australians. However, in the case of ancient Egypt, there seemed to be more focus put on the entire concept of music than whatever occurred in indigenous Australia. Ancient Egypt was the first place where music was used as a form of emotional and cultural expression. It was the first place where cultural exchanges through music took place. In the time of the Middle Kingdom, circa 2030 to 1650 BC, the area that ancient Egypt occupied expanded and trade boomed with surrounding empires, kingdoms and civilizations alike. This resulted in the introduction of new instruments, voices and even musical scales. Instruments from every instrument group were represented in ancient Egypt. Drawings and records discovered from the time show of groups of up to 12 musicians playing together with a number of instruments represented. Percussive instruments such as drums, rattles, tambourines, and other instruments including harps, lyres, flutes, clarinets, and trumpets. These drawings also show the relationship between music and dance. In ancient Egypt, music and dance were virtually inseparable. Interestingly, there are almost no written or notated records of songs from this time. Musical knowledge and songs were seen to be passed down orally. So whilst it is difficult to know the style of what was actually being played, analysis of drawings of dances hint that most songs were upbeat and had a good solid rhythm to dance to. The relationship between music and dance came from the original purpose of music in ancient Egypt, as an integral avenue of communication to the gods. As ancient Egypt was a polytheistic society, there were many gods and goddesses representing all aspects of life. In versions of the creation story of ancient Egypt, Ra, the god of the sun, Hika, the god of magic, and Merit, a goddess strongly associated with rejoicing through song and dance, were all present at the beginning of the ancient Egyptian civilization. Merit would sing and dance to establish order in the creation time. She was the writer, musician, singer, and conductor of the symphony of creation, establishing music as a central value in Egyptian culture. Merit's use of song and dance were passed down through all aspects of ancient Egyptian civilization, proving why song and dance was so important in ancient Egypt. Ancient Egypt also saw the first recorded school dedicated to music, 
the Theban school of music and dance in the ancient city of Thebes. This again gives some insight into the type of music being played in ancient Egypt. Again, as there was no system for notating music, the passing down of music orally suggests that the style of music didn't change very much over the course of thousands of years. This thought, coupled with what we know about the virtual inseparable relationship between music and dance, further suggests that most, if not all, music in ancient Egypt had a solid rhythm to it. A number of lyrics from hymns from ancient Egypt still exist. One particular hymn from the 11th century BC has the following lyrics. Make thy day happy, let there be songs. With the music of the harp before thee, let song and music be before thy face, and leave behind thee all evil cares. The topic of this hymn is quite significant in the progression of the use of music and culture. There is no religious overtone to this hymn, or any real ceremonious aspect to it. It is essentially saying, listen to music and let it wash away all your problems or negative thoughts. In Indigenous Australia, Mesopotamia, and even the beginnings of ancient Egypt, we saw the use of music as an almost sacrosanct measure of connection, usually the connection between human and creator. However, as the ancient Egyptian kingdoms progressed, music started to be used in a wide number of cultural settings. It was here that music became part of conveying emotion, of celebrating life, of bringing people together, and of representing the culture of all people from all walks of life. Conclusion The analysis of the three ancient civilizations of the Indigenous Australians, Mesopotamians, and ancient Egyptians show that all music was present in some manner or form in the very early markings of human existence. Whether it was for teaching, as an offer to the gods, or as a means to fulfill enjoyment, music's place in these early societies was significant, albeit perhaps not best notated or documented. In the case of Mesopotamia and Egypt, it is of course very difficult to capture what music actually sounded like at the time. It's also worth noting that history is often written by the wealthy, so this is the best encapsulation of information on music that we have. In Mesopotamia, music's primary purpose was to serve as a means of connection between citizens of the civilization and the gods, administered by the king-priest who served as the divine connector. There was a similar scenario in Egypt, although the ancient Egyptians progressed on music's function and realized it as a means of enjoyment and celebration of life. Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, the indigenous Australians had already cemented the use of music in their culture as the fundamental means of cultural enlightenment and the source of all their knowledge. These three civilizations are the perfect places to start in the investigation into music's representation of culture and expression of self. Romantically, it can be argued that music's beauty became more and more apparent through the development of these civilizations, particularly Mesopotamia and Egypt, and this triggered the need to understand the connection between music and nature, and music and human. Across continents, across different values, and across 68,000 years, music was uniting people and starting to become the powerful force for good in life. The actions of these civilizations set the basis for future civilizations to examine and understand this force in the upcoming age of philosophical thought. 